The Maple Leafs are nearing an end to their GM search as one prominent candidate seems to be close to a deal with the club. We'll tell you who that is and what his first three items on the to-do list should be once he gets the job. All that more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked on These Podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, a.k.a. Al's brother from TSN. Also, my guy, Dave Morsuti from Sportsnet. What is happening today, Dave? Oh, nothing much, you know, just uh, enjoying the weather, hot weather in Toronto. It, it 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 really it's it's really nice weather that we got going on right here in Toronto. I was down at the Jays game tonight. I did see so that? Weather, oh, it was perfect, dude! Perfect weather to be out uh, for for a ballpark out in a dome set setting. Honestly, also, it was great. Nice. They won, which is nice. And I right? see you right. had a hot, a hot dog or two for Looney Dogs. I did. I tell you what, though, I tapped out early. I could have kept going, obviously, but I tapped out after the fifth inning. I got through six. Six glizzies through five innings and said, I need to just stop myself here. It's not that I was full or finished, but I did stop myself at the number six. I thought that it would be absurd to go past that number, um, considering that I was at, at roughly a dog an inning at that point. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll just stick to stick to, to, to beverages for the rest of the game. So I I did take down six uh, six of those little loony dogs. But um, yeah, it was a good game. It was a fun, uh, fun night out with my buddies. Came up from the falls, and you know they had an extra ticket, and they're like, "Hey, tag along." Yeah, no problem. Absolutely, I will. So it was good. Uh, it was a good night. But it looks like we got some pretty big news that will be close to being finalized. I would imagine, uh, if not, you know. By the time everyone listens to this, it'll be today, Wednesday. I'd be surprised if uh, if we don't have the general manager of the hockey club announced by end of day at this point. It seems as though uh, the Leafs are zeroing in on one candidate in particular, and it really shouldn't catch people by surprise because it's Brad Trilliving, of, uh, formerly of the Calgary Flames. It's, it's a guy we've been talking about here for the last week and a half since this process began as really the, the main target of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the only real concrete name that has been emerged as someone who had a a face-to-face meeting with Brendan Shanahan um, for the GM job. And it sounds as though, according to uh, a lot of the insiders, Darren Dreger also came out today. And, uh, you know, really, if you want to pull up the tweet, actually, Dave, because I think we pulled it up here, um, I can't remember exactly what it says. So I just want to read it verbatim so that I don't mess it up here. Yeah, Darren Dreger, Tiazanaki Insider, said, We updated the Toronto Maple Leafs GM search earlier tonight on Insider Trading. More specifically, all signs now point to the search wrapping up in the very near future with Brad Trilliving being named as the new GM. That was at 941 uh, last night. So it, it sounds as though Brad Trilliving is pretty darn close to being named the next general manager 
of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Dave. What do you think? Right fit? Right guy? What's up? What's going through your mind? Well, and, and Elliot, I'll just also say Elliot Friedman says that he's the leading candidate too. So we got we got a, a double report here. So a little more validity to it. Um, and not surprised. Like we, we like when True Living was the only name we really heard like concrete. Had a meeting, two meetings actually. I'm pretty sure was they said he had two meetings with the club. It it just seemed like True Living checked off the boxes that the Leafs were looking for with with the in terms of when you heard Shanahan talk about what he is looking for in his next GM. True Living was the one like every all the insiders are saying he takes off all those boxes and that's why they were putting him at the front, you know, at the forefront. And I, I, and I've been, I mean, I've looked at the discord as soon as that report was sent out. I am seeing some not so happy uh, replies to it. I'm also seeing it on Twitter too. And I get it. You know, Bradshaw living isn't exactly the most exciting name. Let's say there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, success and winning with Brad Trilliving when he was with the Calgary Flames, right? The Flames did nothing more significant than the Toronto Maple Leafs did, right? When when Kyle Dubas was was here. So I understand that to uh, to one aspect where it's like, well, what did did Trilliving do in in Calgary that makes him a a better man for the job than Kyle Dubas? I think that's where ultimately, you know, this is always going to be looked at and and they're not going to really say, it's not going to be... um, he's not going to be judged based off of how he's doing. He's going to be judged based off of, well, Kyle Dubas would have done this, right? Like he's always going to be compared to Dubas as opposed to being judged as his own man, just because of how everything went down. And there's still so many people out there in Leafs nation that believe that Kyle Dubas, you know, even to this point, like even today, right now, as we sit here is still the best candidate for the GM job. Although it sounds as though he's pretty close to, uh, getting things wrapped up in Pittsburgh himself. But regardless, you know, they decide to move on from him. I actually do think that Brad Tree Living is probably the next best guy. Like we look at the guys who are available, who fit the criteria of what they're looking for. I mean, I don't think anybody was going to be happy with any name realistically. Like what, what was anyone else looking for? Like Eric Tolsky, would that have made people more happy if they were going to go after a name like that? Like, would they have been happy, I guess, if they would have just promoted Brandon Pridham instead? Would that have made the the analytics crowd happy? Like, I, Brad Trilliving does check a lot of boxes. And if you're not happy with him, like, once you've moved past Kyle Dubas and you've realized that that ship has long sailed, Brad Trilliving was, to me, and obviously to Brandon Shanahan also, probably the next best candidate for, for the job. Like, who else could they really have gotten? Yeah, I mean that that's it right there. And here's what I'll say to the people who are, are you know, I am going to look at the of the gra- like the bringing the other part about Kyle Dubas and people are saying, "Well, he's not much of an upgrade on Kyle Dubas." We have to also remember, yes, Kyle Dubas did some good things, but look at the track record of what the Leafs accomplished under Kyle Dubas, right? It's not like the Leafs were, you know, in the conference finals or have been to a Stanley Cup final in Dubas's tenure. Not to the Vegas Golden Knights here, four conference finals yeah. in six years. <laughs> exactly right. Like, I, I, I think that like Kyle Dubas did good things. We were pretty much all in line that he did everything this year to put this team 
on the roadmap to the Stanley Cup, and they just couldn't get it done. So that's why when people are like almost like end of the world sort of doomsday idea with True Living coming in, it's just like it's not like the Leafs were you know at the top of the mountain. Now they're coming all the way back down. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. A lot of people think though, like there's a lot of of Leafs Nation who think this is just like the start of the end of what the Leafs were. You know, like it was a nice six years of the 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 Matthews Marna era, the Dubas era, but now they're you know, now things are going to snowball with someone else in charge. I don't feel that way either. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I, I've I've seen that type of um, that type of thought process out there with a lot of Leaf fans, which to me, I just I don't quite get it. Like, I, I understand. I liked Kyle Dubas. I thought he did a good job. I still to this day don't think he should have been fired. I think I still probably would have preferred Kyle Dubas over Bradshaw Living. But that doesn't mean that Tree Living can't come in and also find success, you know, like maybe a new set of eyes is exactly what this team needs. And, and perhaps, you know, it, it's, it, here's the thing. It wouldn't be that difficult to find more success. All he has to do is find a way to win two rounds. And all of a sudden you've had more success than Kyle Dubas had in five years. That shouldn't be too difficult of an ask with a team this talented. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like let's be honest here. The Leafs roster has a lot more talent to work with than what Calgary had to work with, in my opinion. Like, there's some good players in Calgary, but the pedigree is not what Toronto had, right? You know, even Tri Living had to go up against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for how many years? Like, he just did not have that caliber player. Now, did he trade away one of them? He did, but he also had no choice in the matter, too, with Matthew Kachuk. I'm also, I think I brought this up when we were first bringing up Treliving's name and why I didn't think it was totally offline about having him over, come over. And I was talking with some friends about this. Trying to sell on players to come and play in Calgary is not easy. Like, especially because that arena, not very good. Yeah, no. Still, like, players think about a lot of things. One is, you know the lifestyle like where they're living the facilities that they have and things like that he's gonna have a much easier time again if he's hired we're speaking as if he's being hired he's gonna have an easier time i think to sell players to come to toronto and i think what has been the, the least biggest um i guess goal in the shanahan era was to make Toronto a place where players wanted to come to play. It wasn't like that dreaded, I want to stay away from Toronto. Like, how, For how many years did we hear about the Leafs failing to get a free agent to sign or have to overpay a free agent to sign because of Toronto? I feel like that reputation has slowly gone away these last few years. Players have been wanting to come to Toronto. They've been wanting to sign here. And some of them have been wanting to sign for less to do so. And I think that's the credit due to the management right now for making that a possibility. Now with the, all the, everything that's been going on the last few weeks, you wonder how that may change how that may work into a player's mindset a little bit here. But I think if you're Shanahan, you're talking to your players and you're talking to the guys on the Kurt on the roster about this move. And if you feel like there's, any hesitation about this move from any of them, like an Austin Matthews about this move, 
I don't think the Leafs are doing it if those guys aren't on board. They have to be you on think, board. You think Shanny spoke? You think Shanny, like, not that, you know, he was going to basically take orders from Austin Matthews and such, but you think he had conversations with them saying, hey, we're leaning trail living, like, in a way, because we heard that Dubas met with, with Crosby, right? Now, I don't remember hearing anything about trail living meeting with Matthews, but I wonder if maybe Shanny relayed some of what they had spoken about Tree Living and, and Shanahan in their interview and maybe relayed it to Matthews and, and said, hey, look, this is his vision. Like, y- you think that this is something that you'd want to stick around long term? Like, this is the guy who we're going to attach ourselves to. You know, we obviously want you to be part of the program. Like, are you on board here as well? Like, I, I that certainly could have been part of the, yep. you know, the process. And, and Matthews could be like, yeah, sounds good. Let's let's bring this guy in. You know, if he would have said no, like, uh, would that deter him from deter Shanny from bringing in Trill Living? Probably not. But yeah, it, there could have been a conversation had for sure, just saying, "Hey, we're thinking about bringing in Trill Living. Uh, hopefully, you're on board." And he said, "Yeah, I think it'd be a good uh, a good fit here in Toronto as well." So we we don't know that. And I think Chris Johnson also also in insider trading today did report that there may have been a bit of a an, you know. The whole Dubis Matthews connection may have been a little overblown. He actually came out and said that there's there's still a chance that there could be a um extension that could get done before July first still. Mm-hmm. Like that very well could still happen. Um he believes that you know there was a lot of headway that was made. Dub- uh, Matthews wants to remain a uh, a Maple Leaf or sorry, not before July first, because obviously he can't sign until July first. But, uh, you know, a deal could get tucked into a drawer. So that come July 1, that thing is signed right away. I, w- I will say that. Um, but, you know, according to to Chris Johnston, like this is something that he thinks once they get a GM in place, most of the framework might already be kind of there already and has been discussed with like Brandon Pridham and the organization and, and Austin Matthews. And then it's just, you know, kind of a, a quicker process once uh, the new GM gets there, which we're anticipating it being Brad true living based on the news that we heard today, where Lisa are zeroing in on him and he is the leading candidate at this point and um, could hear news of that being finalized, uh, you know, by, by end of day as well. Um, but when he does, or if he does, I suppose, end up becoming the general manager, of the Maple Leafs, there's going to be a lot on his plate lots to do for the incoming GM. We're going to toss on our GM hats for the rest of the show, Dave, because we're looking at the first three things on the to-do list that we believe the GM would have to do. So we'll let you give your three things, and then I'll do what I think are the three things that he should first accomplish uh, in his first week as general manager of the Maple Leafs. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. They're good friends over at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NHL playoffs because right now new customers can get a new no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than at North America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Least podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We're hosts here at 
the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs podcast. Put out new content each weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, if you are an everydayer, you know who you are. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to the show or watching us up on YouTube. If you're just stumbling upon us now and you're thinking, hey, I don't, I, I like kind of what these guys are saying. Hey, we'd appreciate it if you came back each and every day to listen to our show. Uh, if you could, you know, leave a like on this video and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. And hit the little notification bell as well so that you know when we put out new content. All right, Dave, this is going to be a fun little exercise. I'm, I'm excited for it. We're going to put our GM caps on. We're going to be, let's say it's Brad Trilliving who does get the job. It's highly anticipated that he is going to be the man who ends up being in charge of this club going forward. So let's kind of put our GM caps on, channel our inner Brad Trilliving, and we're going to go through the first three items on the new GM's to-do list that we believe uh, the, the general manager must get done. Um, why don't you kick things off here? Give me give me your three things that you think that they need to do. Maybe we can separate them. So you give me your first, and then we'll move to your second, third. But what's the number one thing, the first thing that the new GM is going to have to do once they get announced as the new guy in charge in Toronto? Get the coaching situation figured out. Like, yep. you're, you're not selling... Uh, any moves to with any players, whether signings and potentially trades, if you don't have a G, if you don't have the your coach in place, whether it's they're keeping Sheldon Keefe, or whether they're gonna cheer living or whoever it is brings their own guy, in, you're you're not getting anywhere without getting the coaching question done. Now we already saw one get done in Nashville with um, Brunette with Brunette taking over for Hines, which like. John Hines has just been like hung out the drive for like six weeks. Also, Spencer Carberry actually leaving yeah, the Toronto well. bench. We should mention that he signed with the Washington Capitals today. We had talked about how he had interviewed with them and it was a possibility that he was going to leave Toronto at some point. He had what three or four interviews around the league. And it sounds as though, uh, well, it's not sound like it's actually official. He signed a four year deal with the Washington Capitals. So even if Keith does come back, because that's still a possibility too. Like Sheldon Keefe is still under contract next season to return as the head coach, assuming he doesn't get axed. We just are under the assumption, just based on how things typically work, when a new general manager comes in, he typically wants his guy. And sometimes there's a feeling out process where they'll let things go throughout the year, especially if there's only one more year left on that deal. But I feel like this is different just because there's so much riding on this season and need, they need to find immediate success that they may not have that feeling out process. He might have to bring in the guy he believes is best for the job and could be Keith or it could be somebody else. But I'm with you. I think the coach is definitely the first order of business for Brad Living or whoever ends up getting the GM job. Um, that's who they're going to have to choose. The next question, though, Dave, is – you know, if not Sheldon Keefe, then who? Like, is there anyone who you've been thinking about recently who you think would be a good option here in Toronto or, you know, the kind of coach that you think maybe Toronto could be targeting? I mean, I brought it up on our co-sign. No, if you didn't uh, watch the last episode, shame on you. Um, but I'm going to kind of bring a little spoiler to that and say, I think Joe Quinville... I understand the issues that the hurdles the Leafs would have to go through and he would have to go through to get back in the NHL. 
he's a guy that I've had my eye on, you know, the last little bit, just because when you're looking for that voice, that right coach to get a team over the hump, why not do it with a guy who has done it for so many years well, in Chicago? I could think of a reason or two for why you shouldn't, to be well, fair. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking more about yeah, what he what happened in Chicago, how it how he lost his job in Florida, deserving because of you know what he, the mismanagement there. But at the same time, like I, I saw a Blackhawks team that with a talent with the talent that they had, like that's a very tough thing for a coach to have to deal with and, and manage. I thought he <laughs> Like I don't think there was any question other than when Mike Babcock was always Team Canada coach, he was always like that second guy that a lot of people were talking about. So that he was kind of one that I was looking at. Now let's say the Leafs don't want to go and open that rabbit hole, which I can totally understand. That's a lot of baggage, and especially in with Toronto, that's not that's not an easy thing to sell. I would I would say so. Let's say that's not the guy. Uh, it's so tough because I think it's going to be a veteran voice. I don't think they're going to go through what they did with Sheldon Keefe and go with a guy who is unproven in a way. So like, I don't think, I don't know if like Mike Sullivan is the guy. If let's say Pittsburgh decides to also change direction, he's, he would maybe be another guy that you look at there but again, the Penguins have looked very lackluster the last few years. I don't know if that's. I'd take Mike Sullivan in a heartbeat. If Sullivan ends up on the chopping block by Pittsburgh, in a heartbeat, I w- I would take him. And I wonder if that might be part of the the thought process too, right? Where it's like, okay, if Dubas does go to Pittsburgh, and then he makes a change, uh, maybe that gives us an opportunity to make a change as well. Because then, you know, their number one candidate who could potentially be a Mike Sullivan type guy could be uh could be available but I, I don't i don't know if they will move on from mike sullivan he's he's got a pretty good connection with crosby i would imagine that's probably not uh not going to be in the cards but i could be wrong i could be wrong one who i kind of like and, and we talked about this in the podcast a couple of days ago i think um is is peter laviolette i think that Lavi's a guy you know he's been to a couple of cup finals you know he's he's consistently got his teams into the playoffs, I think that he would be someone who might be a good option. And, and he's a bit of an old-school, hard-ass type coach. And I think at this point, that's what the Maple Leafs need. They need someone to push them and motivate them and hold them accountable. Um, and I think that's kind of what the, you know, what Laviolette could bring. And, hey, if, if the thought process is, well, these players don't want to be held accountable, then these players are not really guys I want on the team then to be quite honest with you, if someone doesn't want to be held accountable, if someone's going to be a little crybaby because their ice time got limited because they were unwilling to play the way that they need to, that their, their coach is expecting him to play, get off the Maple Leafs. That's clearly not how you're going to win a championship because what they've been doing has not been working. So if you bring in a guy like Labby who expects and demands more to play a, a much more rigid and and f- high effort, high motor, highly structured game. I mean, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why he's found success with his teams too. So if, pretty much, I'd be in a ship up or ship out type of situation 
if guys had an issue with that type of coach at this point in their careers. So Laviolette's actually a name that I don't mind, to be quite honest with you. Um, but we'll see. The, the, the coaching discussion we'll get into a lot more once we finally get the GM in order and we, you know, then we can move on to the coach. I just thought maybe we could have a quick conversation about that. But we both are in uh, agreement, man. Number one thing that they got to figure out once the GM is in place, which could be as early as today, uh, got to figure out what to do with the coach. First, evaluate Sheldon Keefe and decide whether or not he's going to stay. If not, let him go and then move on, hire and interview your candidates and get that in place because your coach is going to have, you know, some say on what you want to do moving forward in terms of, you know, the draft and, and more importantly, free agency for the guys who are going to fill in and play for his team and his system. So you're going to want to have him involved in those meetings as soon as possible. I completely agree. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to items two and three on our to-do list for the incoming general manager. So we'll get to that on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. You're listening to the Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On At Least podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morsuti. Uh, we're expecting at some point here to finalize who the new general manager of the Maple Leafs is going to be, the name that keeps getting brought up time and time again is Brad Treliving. We've heard from multiple um, insiders that they're very close and nearing a an agreement in Brad Treliving, most likely to become the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we're going through the first three items we believe should be on his to-do list once he does take over the position. The first item, we just went over it, the coach. Second item, Dave, what do you got as your second item on the to-do list for incoming GM X, a.k.a. most likely Brad Living? I mean, it's got to be figuring out what Austin Matthews' contract situation is, right? Yeah, we're in lockstep again. Yeah, because he, he is the domino that can change the whole Leafs' future. If he stays, it, me, it makes the GM job a lot easier because you know you got Austin Matthews at least committed to the future with this team. If Austin Matthews just like, I don't know. Question. Question. Tough one, I guess. But the way that you said that, I, I, I do want to push back on you. Do you not see a scenario where, let's say they do trade Matthews, which again, I am not pushing for. I will say that right now. But do you not see a scenario where they trade Matthews and actually do find success? Like, is that not in the cards for you? Like you said that Matthews, if he decides to leave, like that's going to put this organization in a different situation. Like what if it puts him in a better one or is that not possible in your eyes? I, I just honestly, it's because he's a center, a franchise center, number one center. I've seen what this least team has had to go through to try to find a number one center. Yeah. Do you, like, I don't know if you remember at one point, Tim Connolly was pegged as a number one center in Toronto. Yeah. I understand yeah. that they have John Tavares here, but we know he's not a number one center. He's they, barely even a number two at this point in his career. And trust me, those are conversations we'll have this summer too. Should he push to the wing? Yeah. Well, that's not a conversation for today, but that is definitely a question worth asking. But and and that's where I'm like, like uh, I can't see a version of a, a Leafs team without Austin Matthews that is going to be so like so much better. Right, I, I I don't I don't see the Leafs improving if they trade Austin Matthews now. Can they get pieces that 
can make them competitive? I think so. I mean, Buffalo wasn't worse when they got rid of Jack Eichel. They weren't better, right? right? That's kind of that's 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 the example I would go with here. Like, if the let's say Connor McDavid decides he wants out of Edmonton, you know for a fact that if Edmonton trades Connor McDavid, they're going to get a they would get a King's ransom or as much of a King's ransom as they can get. But they also know you're trading the best player on the planet. I understand that you know we're comparing Austin Matthews and Conrad David. It's not really easy to do that. But I'm just saying the impact that that one player can have, I, I just don't know how much better the lease will, can be. But at the same time, I know that you can add pieces that can keep you competitive. I just, I just know that you need those game breakers. You need that one, that number one guy. And I just don't know who would be out there that the Leafs could get that would make them put them over the top by trading Austin Matthews. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i guessing that at one point the Florida Panthers were saying the same thing when they were faced with, okay, Jonathan Huberto, does he want to return or not? And if he doesn't want to come back, who's out there that we could, you know, make a trade with? And then lo and behold, back Chuck became available. Right. And and they made that trade and they got better for it. Like think about like a year ago, would you have said that Kachuk is a better player than Jonathan Hirvido? Would you like, I, I, I mean. Like Huberto was in the MVP conversation a year ago. Yeah, he was, he was top so, five in ballot voting. Like Kachuk had a really good season in Calgary, but he wasn't, he wasn't viewed as a hard trophy guy because they also had Johnny Gaudreau on that team who was equally and Lindholm, who was, I would argue just as good as, yeah, as uh Goudreau and Kachuk that year too. I think more valuable to the team as well. Right. So I, I, I just know that, you know, unless some, for some miracle, there's a player out there that's, on a really reasonable deal that's really good can you know keep the leaf ceiling pretty high but again i just you're asking for almost like a i wouldn't say a miracle to happen but something that's unlikely yeah. to happen to happen yeah anyways um not, not that i wanted to go into a hey we should trade matthews conversation because that's not where i wanted to go with but it, it is just i don't think it's a foregone conclusion like it's possible I know it's not the exact same, but I keep going back to the Rudy Gay trade that Toronto made, the the Raptors made years ago, where they traded Rudy Gay for, like, some good players, right? Like, four good players. And I know it, it, it's different basketball and hockey. I understand that. But they got better, right? They, they trade away the best player who was a an all-star at the time, and they got four, like, role players back, but it actually made them better because it allowed them to get deeper and it set them up for a lot more success so you know i I, i'm just saying i I don't think that it necessarily means that this team will go into uh the depths of of the hockey basement if matthews decides to to part toronto um but it would be ideal to keep that guy around 100 which is why to your point yes the the second order of business for the new general manager is to find out what would it take for you to stay and let's figure it out and get that done. So for sure, that is the uh, the second thing. 
The third thing, I'm curious to see what you came up with for, because we've been lockstep, Coach Matthews. What's the third thing that you have on your to-do list here for the incoming general manager? I think trying to find another game breaker on the blue line, trying to find a way to upgrade that defense. I like that, actually. I do like that option. Because, look, you got Riley for you got Riley locked up. Brody has, an, I think, is in his final year. You got Jake McCabe uh, locked in. Uh, you got Timothy Lilligren, Giordano. He's signed for another year. They've got their six if they want. Yeah. Like they've got their six. They got, they got got. They have a blue line put together right now. But like it's it's guys, you know, it's it's guys. <laughs> I I just I don't think you have enough playmakers on that blue line or guys that I can see that can like when we're talking about like pushing pace and trying to add a little more offense, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to add it up front. You can add guys that are more willing to be a little more can produce a bit more from the blue line, right? You look at Florida, Brandon Montour. Yeah. How much he has meant to that Florida team in that on their run. Yeah. And they didn't trade much to get him. Like, God, the Buffalo really underestimate Brandon Montour. It's also maybe just everybody that leaves Buffalo seems to do better. Yeah, Montour, Eichel, Reinhardt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a good list of uh, former Sabres, Allmark. But I'm just talking about guys in the Cup yeah. Final, <laughs> like right now, right? So, yeah, it's a good list of guys who are playing for the, for the Stanley Cup right now, but not in a Sabres uniform. Um, that's a really interesting one, actually. I didn't even think about that. Um, for me, I thought like you got to figure out the trade market for what it would be for one of those, like uh, pretty much Nylander and, and, and Marner. Cause I, mm-hmm. I've come to the conclusion that, you know, you're, you're probably not trading Matthews, um, despite what we talked about a couple of minutes ago, I was playing very much devil's, yeah, devil's advocate. advocate. Like we're not, we're not asking for it. No, and so I don't want to hear it in the comments. Oh, you want Trey Matthews? Are you stupid? No, I don't. I'm just saying. I will comment. If people do write that, I'm going to comment. Are you stupid? Did you listen to us? Keep listening. Keep listening, guys. Keep listening. Um, we're going to call you out. But I think next up, like once you figure out what, what, what you want with the coach, you figure out what it'll take to, to get Austin Matthews signed, then I think you do need to figure out what's the market for Nylander and Marner. Because I'm still of the belief that, look, I still think this roster needs to shake up. I still yep. think that they do. And personally, again, I've been on the record multiple times saying I, I think it's Mitch Marner that I think the team needs to try and look to trade. I think there would be considerable interest on Marner too. Two years left on that deal. And look, he's a 99-point Selkie candidate. Um, we just haven't been able to see that success shine through in the playoffs and I think that this group has been given every kick at the can to try and do that. And I think at some point there's got to be consequences and there's no better time to make a change and a switch than when you're bringing in a new general manager and he's got a, someone who's done this before. We talk about the Kachuk trade all the time. Kachuk and Huberto, that was Brad Trilliving who made that trade, who put that deal together. He has experience in blockbuster deals. Dougie Hamilton. For Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, that was Brad Trilliving. This guy makes big-time swings. So if there was any any guy who you were going to bring in expecting, okay, we might need 
you know, a bold trade to be made this offseason. That is something that Brad Trilliving has been known to do. That is something I think that he would have to make pretty, pretty early on. Because, again, you do have those no trade kicking in on uh, on July 1st. Marner, full no move. Nylander's got a modified no trade. I don't remember if it's 10 or 16 teams, but he's got a modified no trade. Um, so if you can make that deal at the draft, you know, that that's that's significant. And we know that a lot of these deals that happen at the draft aren't necessarily started at the draft. They're started weeks in advance. And then they got most things already hammered out. And then at that point, it's just like, okay, let's make it official here with the pick that we're going to you know, Now that we're on the clock, let's make it official. So that, that would be me. Gauge the trade market for Nylander and Marner. That would be the the next you know best thing to do, I think, for the general manager uh, coming in. I, you know, I'm sure some people are sitting there saying, "Hey, Mike, Dave, there's uh, some unrestricted free agents that they're going to have to attend to here." Yeah, I understand that, but what I would say is a lot of those UFAs actually have already been talking with the Maple Leafs. Like Brandon Pridham is technically acting as an interim general manager right now. He's having conversations with agents and trying to figure out what it would take to bring them back and having those preliminary discussions. So that those deals and those negotiations have, have been ongoing since the season ended. And I think that, uh, you know, those will continue obviously once they hire this new general manager. And, but ultimately I feel like these are the three like main things that they got to get to. I think the UFAs will kind of sort themselves out, but these three items, I think, um, will take a little bit more heavy lifting from the the incoming GM. Um, so that's though that that's why I kind of had those as as my three. The D one again, it's very similar to mine. Like you could obviously find an impact defenseman. Well, how can you do that? By trading one of Nylander and Mitch Marner, right? Like yeah. it doesn't have to be forward for forward. You can go and get a, a blue liner. You could go and get a goaltender. Like you want Connor Hellebuck? Hey, one of these players could be had for Connor Hellebuck, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be forward for forward. I've said that too. Um, but either way, it's it's going to be a busy, busy four weeks for uh, the incoming general manager, who, again, we expect to be Brad Trilliving, uh, and that should be announced at some point uh, very, very soon, according to TSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger. Uh, any any uh, last last thoughts or comments you want to make here, Dave? Yeah, um, you you talked about trying to figure out what the trade market is for Nylander and Marner. If you're Brad Living, and if you're, let's say Brad Living again, is the guy, what do some GMs like to do when they come into a new situation? They like to go and, and find some familiarity, bring in some guys they might know of from pa- from their past team. There's a situation in Calgary now where Elias Lindholm is going to be a name to watch. We brought his name up earlier. You're talking about Mitch Marner and potentially William Nylander as trade candidates. I think you're calling the Calgary Flames and saying, hey, if Elias Limhol isn't willing to sign with you, how about we work out a little deal here, right? Like, I think... I think number two center, I would say. Number two center. Plays a two-way game, plays the right way. Right, I think he'd be a perfect candidate if he's available on the open market. Like he's got to be, you're knocking on the door trying to see what it takes there. Are I you think, trying to send Bill home to Calgary? Is this what you're trying to 
to tell me you think Bill Nye, the wrist shot guy born in Calgary, Alberta, might become a flame at some point here? Is this what you're trying to manifest? I, I do know the Flames are a team that are trying to add some offense, and the Leafs have two guys. It doesn't even need to be Bill Nye. It could be one of him or Marner that right. could give the like the Flames truly did miss Johnny Gaudreau. They did. I think Nylander would actually be a pretty good, good fit there. Um, he would have a guy like Jonathan Huberto to set up passes for. There are quite a few guys on Calgary I do like. I, I think the Leafs should look into a guy like Andrew Mangiapane. I've always liked him. You know, uh, he has a modified no trade clause that kicks in July first. You know, he has two years left on his deal. I, I think there's I think there's an avenue here where if, if let's say True Living wants to bring in some names that are familiar to him, I think the Leafs should should definitely see what Calgary's got cooking. Yep, yep. I think that would be uh, be a wise call, a first call to be made to his old pal Craig Conroy and say, "Hey, look, you never really liked this guy. It was always uh, that was my guy. Come on, mm-hmm. give back to me. Come on, come on." <laughs> That'd be funny. That would uh, that'd be interesting if that did if that did come to fruition. Maybe toss in a, a Chris Tanev. I know that Tanev has always been a guy that Leaf fans have wanted for a while, though he's kind of kind of on the his uh, injury the history is is yeah. me. I remember hey. back when he was with Vancouver, it was always like, oh, get Chris Tanev. Like when he was a UFA, I thought that Tanev would have been a perfect addition for the Maple Leafs. Play him with Morgan Riley. Didn't happen. He signed with. Uh, so the Flames, Brad Trilliving signed him. So maybe. He's had a really good uh, track record in signing free agents, by the way. They've never, like surprisingly, you know, for, for a team that, to your point, not the sexiest destination in, in Calgary, he's done a pretty good job being a salesman, getting players to sign in Calgary. Like uh, Markstrom, uh, Toffoli. You signed Kadri last year. They got Huberto to extend. They got Uyghur to extend. They ended up, um, obviously, Tana, we just mentioned. Uh, who's the other one that they signed as well? That was part of the kind of part of that whole thing. Blake Coleman, they brought in, was a pretty big ticket free agent at the time. Like, they've done a good job of, of bringing in free agents or, you know, trading guys and then extending them and, and, and making them feel like, hey, believe in this squad because we can do some big things. Uh, so maybe you could do the same thing here with the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Like that would be big. He's got to be a salesman at the end of the day. If he's going to be the general manager here, because uh, you got to sell a lot of hope. There's a lot of Leaf fans that aren't, aren't going to love this, uh, this, this announcement and, and this hiring. So he's got to, he's got to sell some hope that things will be better under trail living and they'll win more rounds under Trey Living than with uh, with Kyle Dubas. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Again, we expect some news fairly, fairly soon if the reports we're hearing are correct. Maybe the next time we speak with y'all, uh, the GM will officially be in place. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts. On YouTube, also wherever you get your podcast from, you can receive daily Maple Leafs-centric content. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore 
Morris Sudi, follow the show as well, at Lockdown Leafs. Go ahead, smash that like button if you're here on YouTube. Leave a comment down below. Your thoughts on Brad True Living. Is he the right fit? Oh, geez. <coughs> Is he the right fit here in Toronto? The right guy, the right man for the job. If not, who would you like to see as the general manager? I'm curious to get the thoughts on who would have been a better option, Dubas aside. I do not want to see Dubas. He's not even an option right now anyways. Uh, all right. We'll be back with another episode for you all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.